Okay, here we go again. Trying again. I don't know. For some reason, things aren't working. Of course, because that's just my luck. Uh-huh. Okay, hopefully that's a little better. Uh, technology is kicking me in the ass today. Like, it just is. That's my luck. Uh-huh. And that's just what happens. Oh, well, you got to laugh about it, right? Uh-huh. So I'm going to play a story, and I had everything all set up, and I made sure it worked, but <laughs> wouldn't you know it, nothing is working. So that's just F-wording great. Yes, I swear. I swear. I'm swearing. That's okay. Uh, everybody has shit go down in life, and you just got to try to keep on keeping on and keep on keeping on and whatnot. <laughs> I also have this new MacBook thing, which I don't have any idea how to use yet quite, because I've never used a MacBook. Who would have known a computer could be so different just because it's like an Apple product and not a whatever the other products are. I'm going to play the story here as soon as people join us. And I'm not very popular, so I'm not expecting that to happen anytime too soon. I can't believe that I tried everything out and it worked perfectly. And now, of course, it's not working because, like, you'd have to guess that would happen, right? <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. That's been the going rate of my life, though, right? And I find it, well, it used to really bother me. And I used to swear and scream and yell at God and whatnot. But <laughs> that didn't get me anywhere. So I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it just really stresses me out more than anything else. So I've decided that I'm going to not do that. Plus... You know, life might be shitty for me, but it's always shittier for someone else, in my opinion, right? So, who am I? Chicken wine, really? But every now and then, I think everybody needs to, right? Everybody needs just a little love. Today, I want to give love, because I've gotten a lot lately. And I think you should always share love. I'm very lucky and blessed. Oh my gosh, I'm tearing up. <sighs> How embarrassing. <laughs> but I am very blessed in life. You know, it hasn't been easy, but, you know, life never is. And that's what makes it so beautiful, is things may have been hard, but I'm here right now. And I have some beautiful people in my life that I've met recently. Oh, God. <laughs> and, well, I just think life is beautiful. Through all the tragedy, through all of that, life is beautiful. And sometimes without the sadness, without the difficulties, we wouldn't 
realize how beautiful life truly is. So today, I am just, I'm just, I'm not crying because I'm sad. <laughs> I'm crying because life is freaking beautiful. <laughs> and I was lucky enough that today that lesson, it hit me right in the face. <laughs> it truly did. And I wouldn't go back and change anything because... My Lord, the beautiful, wonderful people I've had the chance to meet. I'd never want to give that up for anything. And if I changed even one thing in my life, even the bad, perhaps I'd never know. Perhaps I wouldn't be who I am. And really, I'm starting to think that I love myself. You know? And everybody should love themselves. Everybody should love themselves. I know life gets hard sometimes, but, you know, you've got to, like, really hold on to that. You've got to hold on to the times that are hard, and you've got to honor them, too. You've got to honor every feeling, and you've got to allow yourself to feel it. I think that's so important. I've tried so hard never to feel upset or hurt or pain, and it's been something that's been really hard for me. Because it's hard to, uh, to really not feel pain and to stuff it down. I think that's a killer, man. That could kill a person. <laughs> Truly, it could. Okay. Um, I'm going to play this story, uh, if I can, because it seems that, you know, my technology is going against me, even though I tried to make sure it worked. Whatever. Here it is. Tell me if you give me a thumbs up. That would be great. And I don't, I can't hear it. I don't think I can hear it. Can you hear that? Give me a thumbs up if you can. You can't. Can you, can you hear it, Vladdy? Ah, shoot. Okay, give me a minute. Lord have mercy. Why does technology have to do this shit? Seriously. Okay. Um, let me see. I'm gonna invite you into the callers. Just give me one second. No more pain in your life. Okay. Oh, Lord. Ah! Of course this would happen. Oh, well, you know, without mistakes, I guess I'd never get it right. <laughs> I guess I'm trying to make light of it. I truly am. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. That's all right. Because, again, you're the only one here, so that makes me happy. I don't mind screwing up in front of you, Vladi, uh, because I think that you'd probably be pretty forgiving. <laughs> You know, thank you for joining me here. I'm a really, really, really shy person in real life, and I've always been told shut up. So it makes me feel really good that you would you would join me. Uh, you, you're you're invited. Hello. Hi there. Hello. How are you? Hello. Nice to. It's nice to hear you with your cat again. Yeah, my cats are always with me. 
<laughs> now they're, w- they're how- angry at each other. I have to admit, I only listened to you five minutes as I got into the app. Yeah. So forgive me if I'm a little bit ignorant of what you said. Oh, I just turned it on like not long ago. I was just saying how life is beautiful. (laughs) Even when things are hard, sometimes the fact that things are hard makes life even more. Let me, let me compare what you just said. I was mm-hmm. going, coming from Universal Studios, because you know I'm in California. Yeah. I was on that back road called Barham. I went yeah. through the road where, where uh, there's, a, there's a cemetery. It's a, a very popular one. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm not lying to you. I, I was at the stop of that street uh-huh. before I made the turn to the right going into Burbank, right? Uh-huh. And... Uh, I heard beautiful sounds of birds. And you should see, yeah. just listening to nature changed my whole day. Or at least changed my, 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 my life as I was going, you know, listening to music or probably my podcast, I remember, right? But it was yeah. so beautiful because I, I went about after 11 days of, 12 days actually working at the, the elections, because here in California, we have basically almost a half a month of elections. And uh, yeah. I'm thankful. I make some money. Not what I want, but I make some money to get me ahead and pay my bills. But just to listen, a day after on Wednesday, because it was yesterday, a day after, 12 days of hell, with about about 100 people at the call center. What I love, though, I got to make some friends. I got to meet some people. But I also, had, I also, without saying the thing, without getting to know anyone, I saw the demons come out on some of the people. And it was sad, but it was some of the young people in their 30s. I'm, I'm, ha- I'm sorry to say, uh, Maxine, I'm a looker. I'm careful when I stare. I try to be careful. I try to be not to be lustful and make it evident. But I do recognize people. I have an ear for it and I have eyes for it. But if I didn't say anything whatsoever, I just started got it getting nothing but vitriolic attacks, indirect. I, I heard people and I was like, what the hell's wrong with you? But I, it was obvious that what the hell was in them that was wrong. But, but you know what, what made it beautiful? The people, the people that gathered around me in a quad, around four computers, including mine, and they made my day. Can you hear me, Mary? Yeah, you you, you sound choppy. Sorry, you sound robotic. Hello. Hi. Were you able to hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. Okay. So. 12 days of working with people, 9, 10 hours. In the last day, about 15 hours. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know why this attack. And I'm not a weirdo, and I don't come off wrong. Mm-hmm. If you see me and you don't want to talk to me, then move on. Yeah. Yeah. Maxine, I, so, swear, I, said, I said nothing to these women. 
Yeah. I didn't insinuate anything. I didn't tell her, hey, what's up, baby? I wasn't chauvinistic or, or, or macho. You know, right? Or I lack respect. But the attitude, very masculine, but very, very diabolical, very hateful. Yeah. They probably probably wasn't directed at you so much as you took the flack for things that happened in the past. They took it out on you, it sounds like. I used to do that all the time because I was in so many abusive relationships that a nice guy would come along and, you know, he'd get the shit for years of abuse because I didn't know any better. And I wasn't aware. From the other guy that left the damage. Yeah. And when you feel safe when you know it's somebody that, I think it's subconsciously in my head, I, uh, felt safe with the people I'd take it out on. Like I knew they were never going to attack me or hurt me or anything. So I think that subconsciously I felt safe to act how I did. And I didn't even know what I was doing because I wasn't self-aware at the time, but I'm more aware now. And I try not to do that. I have Believe my it or not, Maxine from your last show, remember I shared with you that girl that just started giving me hatred and she didn't even bother to talk to me. She just looked at me. Yeah. And I was, what the hell's wrong with you? And then you told me she might like you. I wouldn't doubt it, but she had a nasty way of, of uh, expressing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Uh, I see it as so many people did so many bad things to me. It made me kind of return the favor to people that didn't even have a chance, you know. Hate breeds more hate and hurt breeds more hurt. So people just have to be more self-aware of what they're doing, I think. So they're not spreading the wrong energy. It was just, uh, I I overcame, don't get me wrong. (laughs) But I had an eye for those women all that week. I was trying to see if they were going to raise up some fictitious story that I did something to them. How were they walking with fear? You know, I asked God, what is up with these youngsters? I barely didn't get to know any of them. I can understand those that are shy. What the hell are you doing in a call center to begin with? You should be working at Target. You know? Yeah. You need good you need good customer service skills. You don't need to be here. Yeah. No, I'm pretty uh, shy in real life. This this app and uh the Pangburn Discord have really kind of brought me out of my shell quite a bit because uh, otherwise I probably wouldn't talk to anybody except, well, I got back together with my ex-boyfriend, but it's not really great between us. Why? <laughs> How could it be great? Please go into it. He, I thought he would, he had changed, but he hasn't, I don't think changed. And I'm well, trying to change, but it seems like no matter what I do, I am not doing it right. Is he very <laughs> critical of you? Pardon me? Is he very critical of you? Yeah. Is he very hurtful? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is. Martin, let me ask you, what the hell does he want? If he wants to be in, his, in your life and he doesn't want to make it better, then he needs to go. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. 
no matter what, I just can't seem to be the woman. And then, I don't know, it's really weird. It's really weird. <laughs> but the thing is, how I'm long so was he gone? How long was he gone? We separated for like six months. For the same problem? Uh, yeah, it's the same thing. I just, I think he's just very uh, selfish. He can't compromise at all. Then why, why, Matthew, I'm sorry to cut it short, but why do you need such a person? You don't need to be frustrated by somebody like that. Yeah, well, he's good, he's good points too, right? But. Like, like, tell me, share, what good is, uh, is he? Where is he good? He's really creative. Um, when I'll he. You, I'll, I'll let you know some of the darkest minds that go with creative, yeah. but he was very suicidal. Some of the greatest minds are really sick, believe it or not. Mm hmm. Some it's of the greatest true. intellectual minds, Nikola Tesla, uh, was it Thomas Edison? Uh, what is that guy that E equals MC square was in the Einstein? Einstein, yeah. Uh, Sigmund Freud, they were all sick fucks. Sorry to say, but they were all sick fucks. Yeah. All these minds that don't think like your everyday average Joe and Jane, and they're super talented. They lack in another area of, of their social skills. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. And it's, and it's kind of sad to, to see it. And it's kind of, kind of sad to really notice that. But later on, you hear the story that came about. There were either sexual predators. There were some into some nasty things. Like, 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 uh, what was it? Paul Tillich, the famous uh, German theologian. That actor had an addiction for early porn back in the 40s. And oh wow! Saying, and what is the church man like that doing with all that form? They discovered that in his room after he died. Like I'm telling you, there's always some kind of vice. I don't care who it is. Mm -hmm. Even in, and and I'll tell you something. The artists are the creepiest ones. Yeah. And and you have to pull away. If the person is not lining up with you and doesn't bring you joy, you got to be happy in the relationship. They got to be happy, and together make each other even more happy. Mm -hmm. Get get away. If, if the person has nothing to offer, especially, it's just you're together because you want to be together. Don't do that. Well, fuck, look for somebody else. I mean, take care of your kids. I kind of screwed myself. I had like two over two thousand dollars saved and a job. It wasn't a good job. I didn't like it, but whatever. And I was doing okay. And then he did. Yeah, all my money's gone now. Pretty much gave it all to him. All, all for love. All in the name of love, right? Yeah, well, you know, I believe that when you're together with someone and you can do things, you do them, and then they give back when they can. But... Let me ask you, no, how did you do no gratefulness, how, nothing. How did you how did you do in the six months that you that he that he wasn't around? Were you happier? Were you thinking a lot about him? What was I, did. I thought a lot about him. But you know, I was slowly getting better. I was slowly getting over him. I really do love him. It's just But what is he does he work? Is he a professional oh, yeah. or something? 
Yeah, he works. He's a he's a uh, executive chef at a hotel. So he doesn't rely like other artists on only their his artistry, right? He actually does uh, go work nine to five, check in, check out. Did he ever pay you back? Did he promise to pay you back? Oh, he will. He will eventually pay me back. Is he a man of his word? Does he does he live up to that? Oh yeah. He well, see, there were was a time he didn't, but he did change that. He always pays me back now. Um. So that's good, but and 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 what does he want? Does he really want a relationship, or does he want to yeah. tag along like a little boy? Is he there to be a man to make your life and to raise you up, or is he there to waste your time so he you could he could he could be depending on you? What does he want? I don't know. That's the problem. Yeah, that's you, you got to have a a heart to heart talk. You don't need mm-hmm. someone. You don't need dead weight. I'm gonna say it like that, uh, Maxine. You don't need dead weight. You need a, a champion. Yeah. You need a hero. Someone that will raise you up and love you and care for you and work with your problems that you've had in the past. Because there's a lot of things you have to, like I told you before, that's up to God. And I know you, you have your situation where, you you know, you don't want to be uh, with God. That's mm-hmm. understandable, but make things right. I'm always going to talk to you positive. I told you I'm a high-performance man. I will always be for you to help you raise up. When I see you and, and I talk to you in all these discussions, it's beautiful to hear all these things about the beauty that you see in life. Those are beautiful, uh, optimistic things, beautiful things of nature. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't always stay like that. Unfortunately, yeah. the following day comes in and where is the person at? I hope he's not a druggie. I hope he doesn't hit you. I hope <laughs> he's not that time. I hope he's a real man and respects you. Well... <sighs> Sometimes she has, uh, yeah, in the past, uh, well, actually, yeah, he does hit me sometimes. He has. You gotta, yeah. you gotta consider all these things because if you get more serious with the guy, Maxine, it's gonna be worse. We've been together four years. We were apart for six months and... I just went back together with him. Like it's been a week. And but, who initiated? Did was he looking for you or look, you looking for him? Um. Well, he called me up and said, "I'm coming to get you," and he came and got me. I yeah. Were you I, lost somewhere? Were you lost somewhere in a forest or some weird country? <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, no, I wasn't, <laughs> but I, you're, robotic. you're becoming a robot. This thing. No, I, I wasn't lost in a forest or something, but I could have, I could have actually moved out on my own at that time. I had money and everything saved up and I would have been all right on my own, but he said he wanted to. Have me with him, so came and got me. We decided to try again. And and uh, Maxine, maybe it's also you. Can you live without a man, or are you searching? Are are you so in need that you you're needy? You need to have some companionship, even if they're bad. Are you like that? Mm, no, but uh, I think that we're both broken people, both of us. 
the thing is now I'm starting to realize that and want to better myself and I don't think he's there yet. Let me ask you, is he at work right now? Yeah. Yeah. And if he comes back I have to hang up because he has to have He's a jealous he's a jealous man, very insecure. If he yeah, sees the he, app and he sees me there, he's going to think you and I have something going. That's how insecure he is. Yeah. Well, no, if I start it when he's here, sometimes it'll be okay. Um, if I come onto the app or onto Discord, but it just it depends on his mood. And, yeah, so it's hard to gauge. It's very stressful sometimes. <laughs> to say the least because I never know you know I never know what I'm going to get or how he's going to be have you guys ever thought about uh, getting couple therapy <laughs> I have but he thinks that it's not him and he's perfect and she doesn't need that he sounds like an addict <laughs> the addict tells you he's going to overcome his alcoholism and drug addiction. Yeah. And you see him 10 years later and he's dying. Yeah. It's hard it to fess up that you need help when you need help. Especially yeah. when you're a man. Yeah. And see, both of our past relationships, like, died on us. Mm -hmm. Very tragically. Um, my boyfriend, before him, committed suicide. I didn't expect it, and uh, it was shocking, to say the least. That was about, well, that was about four and a half years ago. No, maybe five years ago, because we got together a year after his his girlfriend of like seven years died. And his girl, do you, you do you know what binning is? In um, in what sense? Binning, um, people will go and get things uh, that have been thrown away that are still of use. Oh, kind of um, like going to one man's trash is another man's treasure? Kind yeah, of thing? yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. She really liked to do that stuff. So, you know, those donation bins? Yeah. Like people drop off clothes and stuff in. Well, here in Canada, uh -huh. the Salvation Army decided to put these giant sharp hooks in theirs. To deter people from oh, doing that. And wow. they did not have any right or they were not told to do this. This was the idea of one man in the city I lived in to do this to try to deter people. He didn't have the permission of the establishment, the Salvation Army, to do this, but he did it. And he had left his girlfriend to have been and was coming back to meet her. When he got back, she was hanging. Oh shit! Half, in, half out. She was impaled through the throat. Oh, and died like that. So when he came back, he found her that way. And of course, he freaked out. Oh yeah, he screamed. I guess they heard him <sighs> all all around. You're you're, you're you're expecting to get the good, not to be hooked, to die. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So like, it was pretty traumatic. You for him he and then to make it worse the police he, he they made Excuse him me. sit there because he called he called an ambulance and everything and they made him sit there for hours next to her dead body he said they just tossed a sheet over her hanging there 
with him wow. sitting beside it and they never let him leave for, and then the victim's assistance people got there a couple hours later and said, what are you doing? Let this man leave. Like. They, they basically and, tortured him. They, they added yeah. to his pain. Well, he said that he knew she was dead because she had peed herself. She was just hanging there. She had stood on a stool, but it was fallen over. And then wow. she got hooked through the throat. And uh, oh, shit. he tried to take her down because he didn't want her hanging there. And uh, Please, please tell me the Salvation Army did something to to remove no. those hooks. No, they, well, they removed, yeah, the whole thing. The guy lost his position. He, like... He stepped down because he was running the Salvation Army, which is a charitable, you know, yes, of course. establishment. And he stepped down and they didn't do anything for the family or anything at all except for saying it wasn't their fault. Of and course. now it's going to court. It's going to court. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And he'll probably have to testify. But just what they did to him after. And then he, he, to make matters worse, he went to their uh, apartment that they had together. Uh-huh. And it was in her name, but he lived there with her. And her family showed up very angry with him. And uh-huh. they forced him to leave without even allowing him to get his stuff. That's and this was, this was only after four or five hours after it happened. Wow. He had nowhere to go. Yeah. So I mean that's that that only happened so probably only Can four I, four years ago I, for him. Oh four years ago, wow. And we've been together almost four years, so he I think got into this relationship a little too fast for him to He he needs to close that door in that part of his life. He hasn't mm-hmm. dealt with it. Again, no. he needs to see some kind of therapist. You too, my friend. You too. Yeah. Take advantage of the social medicine that they have in Canada, even if it takes long. You need you need some help. Yeah. I you you told me about your problem almost last time before you got into the calling app. I don't yeah. want to hear that you're gone. That's sad. Yeah, I quit, like job, la- I quit my job. I quit my job. Which one? The the, the phone? phone sex. I quit it. What? Why? It didn't make me feel good. Okay. But, well, yeah, it didn't make me feel good. And they wanted me to talk about some, they make you talk about things that I do not want to talk about. They don't like, for, they fired me because uh, I wasn't taking calls and because certain calls I just couldn't do because they are horrible. And they said, you're not going to make your hours, so you better take these calls. And I said, there's no way I'll do them. And I didn't make my hours. So essentially I quit, but they fired me. But I, can, I you, can you tell me like what they want without being too uh, grotesque? What did they want to say? Sex with children. Oh no, that's bullshit. Oh, that's and America, bullshit. America, you have your right of uh, right to free speech. So this company yeah. is a company that will literally talk about anything, and they require their workers to talk about things such as that. Oh no, that's bullshit. Like and a lot of people call in. To uh-huh. talk about that, it's alarming. That's good. That's good that you're alarming. out. That's good that you're out. You you not only did the right thing. Now let me ask you, what is what is uh what is next? Are you looking in the job market? What's going on? Are you going to well, continue doing some kind I of remote work? I thought maybe I could do something not involving sex. So no, no. I mean, 
I wanted to try to, you know, do something else. And I don't know. I think I'll get something else. I think uh-huh. God has better plans for me than being a sex phone operator. Yeah. I really do. I think that God has plans for me. How How's the counseling uh, education coming along? You said you wanted to do counseling for Addict, yeah. right? Yeah, I uh, have to get a first aid course, <laughs> which is going to cost money, and I quit my job. I didn't really think ahead about it. I should have maybe thought ahead about it. But when I, when I, okay, I'm going to tell you the truth. I fucking can. I pray to God, even though I say I don't believe in God. I don't know. I probably do believe in him. I just have fights with him or something. But I just, sometimes I'll just not know what to do. So I'll be like, well, God, I'll do whatever you tell me. And then I'll get a feeling in my heart. And that's what I'll do. And the feeling in my heart was don't. Don't do that. Don't pollute myself with that. So I just quit. <laughs> so I think if God told me to quit or I huh. felt that I should, that he's probably going to provide me with what I need as long as I do the work to try to get it. Right. Right. So I've been looking around for other jobs because I thought there's probably a call center job or something that I could do. Let me ask you though, I remember you mentioned something about the shot. Is that going to be a problem? Is which? The The shot. The, you know, the. Oh, the COVID shot. Yeah, Yeah. um, it's pretty much over. They don't really, they're not too worried about it right now. And can, I haven't been asked at all at the places I've went to. I know, I know your commissar in chief, your, your dictator in chief, uh, Little Fidel. Justin yeah. Trudeau. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, that idiot, when we had the gun shooting over here in Uvalde, Texas, he went ahead and did the, he did, he did, he did us a favor. He, he put, he put acts of law that he can apply over here, but he did it like if it happened over there. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wow, wait a minute. It happened over here. It has nothing to do with you. But <laughs> you went ahead and you started hitting on, on your own Canadians. As if they're doing the same thing when they're not. It's yeah, a totally right? different world. Yeah. Wow. He's crazy. He doesn't want it to be a... De- I don't think he likes democracy. I seriously don't think he does. Well, it's in his bloodline. It's in his bloodline. We talked about that photo. Yeah. Uh, bastard, bastard child of Fidel Castro. We talked about that. And I am absolutely <laughs> sure that's true. Uh, well, Some it's in the blood. Look at me, they look at me and they go, you know what? You're a conspiracy theorist. But I'm like, man... They I'm call it like that because son. they know it's truthful. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure of it. Like, seriously, I might be conspiracy theorist, but uh-huh. every now and then, those motherfuckers are right. <laughs> exactly. And then you tell them, you know what? Well, at least I'm not sheeple and going into the slaughterhouse like you, dumb nuts. Yeah. You know? So, <laughs> you're much better than, you're much better. You got a good head on your shoulders in a lot of ways and. You're much better yeah, than them. That, sometimes that's for sure. I just let my heart think before my head, like quitting my hey, job. Hey, by the way, he was over here in L.A. for a couple of days. They had the uh, Spanish Organización de Estados Americanos, which means the Organization of American States. He was over here at the Los Angeles Convention Center for a couple of days. Really? Yeah, for either one night or two nights. But that's when my not-so-beloved president was speaking not many, uh-huh. not many Latino countries showed up 
they, they were in protest because uh, they've ousted uh, communist countries like uh, Nicaragua, Cuba, Venezuela. Mm-hmm. So the Mexican yeah. president said, I'm not going. The Bolivian president said, I'm not going. So there were people that protested, didn't show up. Yeah. But of course, my, my not so beloved president said, we must be united. <laughs> we must be united. Even though he, there, he was divided, we must be united. And God knows what, he, what, what he's saying, what he even knows he, he thinks he's saying, we must be united. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, Sometimes I think they don't know what they're saying. They just say whatever sounds good in the moment. They're just reading the script. You know, I, I expected better from Justin Trudeau, but this guy is the left. The, he's worth left, more left than left over here. He's more yeah. left. And yeah, I think I Canada has a right wing. So I heard the Canadian right wing is very questionable, too. It's like a soft progressive lefty. So yeah. I hope you guys, you guys could do better, honestly. You guys could flourish and be better. You don't have the American oh, problem. You don't have the. You guys are much better, honestly. Tomorrow I'm going to be on a podcast. Uh huh. I'm going to be a guest on a podcast tomorrow. Um, Which one? If you've ever heard of Lee News Debate. Oh, it's, okay. It's also on the call-in, right? Yeah, it's on the call-in. Yeah, and it's also Discord. You can listen from there. But uh, yeah, I'll be on that show. It's about the relationship between Canada and the states. And okay. I picked what time? What time? What time? What time? Canadian um, time. I think it's I think it's uh eight. I think eight. Eight, eight, eight p.m. Right? Yeah, that's uh, over, mountain which, time though. Okay, which over here is probably about five p.m. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a United States. But I, I hang out with people from the United States a lot more in my own country. It seems, but <laughs> you, you, you uh, think you're more, you're more from over here than over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even though I've never been there. <laughs> All my friends are from there. They were even talking about smuggling me into the country. <laughs> Believe me, you'll, you'll go under the radar for, you won't be on the radar. You'll go way under the radar. I've seen Canadians and English that got away. The only way, reason uh, British would ever get caught would be because the English, the, the way if they speak English, give it away. Yeah. Uh, the same thing with Australian and maybe New Zealander. But when it comes to Canadians, you guys go under the radar like anybody else. Yeah, well, uh-huh. I said I could just uh, apply for citizenship because uh, I'm not safe in Canada. Yeah, that's our story. Uh-huh. <laughs> just because of all my abusive relationships and the police put me in jail instead of my abusers. And so yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm better off in the States. <laughs> I was like, that's never going to work, guys. I'm from Canada. Like, come on. This uh-huh. isn't a third world country. <laughs> no, it's, it's pretty much it's pretty much the same thing, to be honest. Yeah, Maxine. Why? Because uh, at the end of the day, you you read English like anybody else. You read English you over put there. Me in a southern state, and I'd probably fit right in. Exactly. Some people say it's my. I some people say I have an accent. I don't think I do, but they say it's no, no. Well, you, you, speak, you speak Canadian English. Um, yeah. Which could easily and quickly be uh, 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 turned over to American. Yeah, and, I'm but from it's communicable. You speak good English. You can get around. Uh, so some people they won't know. Other people will say, "Hey, where are you from?" You know, but kind of yeah. like that. To me, it's I don't care. You speak English. You speak English. You get around. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter where you're from. And if you're an immigrant, well, you have to learn English. You know. 
Go ahead. Back in my uh, bad girl days, I was running from the law, and I know how easy it is to get yourself a fake identity too. Wow. Over yeah. here, it was it was a, it was a thing, and they did it with. Uh, I know a lot of my people that uh, that were coming illegally from Mexico and Latin America. There, there was actually a, a group, like a <clears throat> syndicate, like a mob within the Dep- the Department of Motor Vehicles in California. They eventually caught on to them. They were charging two to five thousand dollars to get you, you know, driver's license, and they make it look like you got social security and all that. But they eventually caught on to that ring of people doing that. And uh, so now it's it would have to be kind of like if you know somebody in the government or somebody in a southern state that's willing to, you know, maybe a, a boyfriend in the working in that that department, you know, where it's much easier. It's much easier usually in those departments. I told and, uh, a couple of friends I'd just marry them if they really wanted to come here. I was like, I'm not married yet. I'll marry you. Well, well that, that that would be your best option. And for that to happen, yeah. to be honest, Maxine, you would have to leave the person you're with. If that person's not making you happy, you deserve to be happy. And you need you deserve good mental to be in a good mental state, not suffering, not going through hardship. I would really yeah. like to see you in the church, to be honest. Uh, Maxine, to be honest, you need a relationship with God. I'm always going to stress that with you, whether you want to talk to me or not. You need mm-hmm. that. That's, 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 that's where I get my happiness. That's where I'm supercharged up, powered up, and I don't see life like anybody else with a dark eye right here in California, whether the pandemic or no. That's why when I'm very vocal, you know, as I'm an extrovert, and I was working, mm-hmm. now I'm beginning to sound like a Canadian now. You see what you're doing to me? I'm Canadianizing you. <laughs> yeah. So going back to the to the the half half the month of voting over in Cali- state of California, I noticed there was nothing wrong with me because in the people that were around me, we were having great conversations in English and Spanish, and they were of the Salvadoran, the Central American type, uh, mostly born here in America. They were sweet people. We were going back and forth, and most of them were were Baptist, so I. I have a background in Baptist denomination, so we were going back and forth and talking and chanting mm-hmm. and a little bit of God in general. So I knew it wasn't me. The people next to me were mostly African-American women, black Americans, and we were having a good time. But they, they, after my friends arrived uh, for the last four days, they kind of kept to themselves in their own little group because I had my own group. And it wasn't because I didn't want to I want them in. I, only, I could only relate to them to a certain level and as much as they welcomed me, you know? And besides, all of them were married women. I'm pretty sure. They I'm were going to invite you. Hey, Vladi, sorry to interrupt. I'm going to invite you to speak so Lance can uh, go to the callers. Okay. Because I know Why how Lance are... likes to talk to you. Hey, Lance. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Oh, you're you're paused now. Lance, we're just kind of talking about life. Um. So feel free to call in and join us. I like Lance. He is a. Uh, I, I, I like strong. him a little. I've heard him. I like him a little bit. <laughs> He's always Sometimes, in the background. Hang on. Yeah. He gets passionate. He gets passionate. Come on, Lance. Where are you? Come on, Lance. Don't be shy. So I was going to play a story. Um. Actually, something Lance posted on Paying Burn brought me to this story. He posted something about uh, 
Oh, I can't remember Lance what you posted. I think it's the you on the that's Lance on the Pangburn Discord too, but it was something about death. Some death theory. If you want to come up to the speakers and explain, I don't know, you can. But I can't really recall. But it brought me to this uh this video. So I'm going to play this like I was going to. I probably don't have much freedom left. <sighs> Which really sucks, but I probably don't. Yeah. My freedom is about to end for the night. Um, I find, found these little stories and they're pretty cool. They're, uh, about Taoism. Oh, well, they're called Taoism, Taoism stories. So, uh, Lance left, I think. <laughs> I scared him away. Okay. It's He's like, oh my god, they want me to talk. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not good. I, I, I've had some arguments with him in the past. If it, that's the correct lad over at the Pangburn. Uh, yeah, oh for, yeah. In politics, I'm I'm always going to be to the right, center right, and he's to the left. And uh, I'm pro it, to the left. Oh God, you guys must get into it. Yeah. Yeah, I try to be nice to everybody, but I I do come in and I kind of ruffle everybody's feathers from time to time. <laughs> Uh, I don't try to be mean, but they know very well I don't play the politically correct game. And, uh, you know, don't bullshit me. I won't bullshit you. Let's get straight to the point. If I'm able to answer, I'll answer and I'll be honest. I appreciate but, uh, the good people for the most part. I think that I appreciate it. Sometimes the truth really hurts other people, though. Or just but, have somebody but, but, disagree but people, with them, they can't handle it. People, unfortunately, here in America, I don't know how bad it is in Canada with the woke and the progressive movement and I'm going to take uh, I'm going to use the example of Jordan Peterson of how he attacks the language that yeah. when they were trying to to restrict him he, had, he he challenged the the legislature and, and Trudeau type of leftism if we don't have we do not continue to have the discourse of, of open dialogue and of course it's going to be a mixed bag and it's going to go back and forth mm-hmm. and we're going to agree and disagree and disagree again and agree to disagree. Then life as it is, it's going to be over. It's going to be a, only on one side. And all you do is you create, you create, you start creating an environment of hate because you start try, trying to attempt to control language, control people, all because you get offended. You start creating yeah. basically alienating and isolating people. To the point that you're you're gonna cause the next war in your country, Some, just mm-hmm. because you didn't like what your fellow uh, Canadian or American was saying, all because you felt you felt uh, you were offended because you didn't want to hear the truth regarding how because people see life much different than you. You mm-hmm. only want to you want everybody to be cookie cutter like you and see it like that. That's the problem with the left, that they want everybody to see. Like just as they wish it was, a, a false utopia. Again, the thinking of George Orwell's 1984 and Elder Huxley's yeah. Brave New World. That's just one-sided, stupid thinking. That's really an indoctrination. What cults do, religious cults do, what Marxists do, because they are Marxists. That is sad. Life yeah. wasn't meant to be like that. Not even in the school system, which they've uh, taken over and they've, they've fabricated so much life through through the university college system here in America, which we're fighting against, you know? And yeah. which many companies like Disney and many companies, uh, other companies that have gone to the left, they're, they're going to be pay, paying a pretty high toll if they don't change their tune 
and they don't watch that bullshit because in their attempt to indoctrinate children through the school system or through mm-hmm. entertainment, through through make them pro LGBTQ, that's a total violation. When when looking at cartoons should be non all the time, like it's always been non political. Mm-hmm. Not one sided, no, not I'm gonna I'm gonna use this moment to indoctrinate, I'm gonna have you pay for Disney Plus or whatever other services, but your your children are going to be brainwashed. Yeah. What, that, what many companies don't understand that at the end of the day, they will lose and lose wholeheartedly. Go ahead, uh, Maxine. Yeah, it doesn't even bother them, it seems, does it? Like to, it, doesn't, it doesn't bother them until they start hitting the wallet. When people start voting with their dollars, we'll see if they don't change their tune. About yeah. maybe three or four years ago back, uh, I don't know if you saw it in the news, when, when the famous companies Target, I don't know, do Targets exist up there in Canada? Uh, I think so. I think they might. Not where I live, okay. though. So, so when the targets were around, the American Family Council, I think it was, uh, a Christian organization started going after them. Because why? Because they were pushing the transgender issue, that they were going to allow transgender men to go walk into the, the restroom of women while the children are there. Well, years later, even though they won, and they won by the ballot, of the dollar, voting with your dollar. Mm-hmm. They told all the churches, I remember because my sister told me that her pastor had told her at, a, at an independent fundamentalist Baptist church, had told her to get away. And they asked the, let's say 5,000 congregations, do not go shop there. Do everything mm-hmm. in your power, but do not shop there. Yeah. And with, with people united together, parents, heterosexual, traditional marriage, Christians, they started fighting the left, the evils of the left. And that year alone, Target lost billions of dollars. Yeah, it hit them in the wallet. Exactly. <laughs> so if they don't cut their bullshit, we'll make sure we cut it for them. The yeah, same thing has to go with the major league sports. People don't know that. If you stick exactly. together on things, There's we power in number, then they know it. And yeah. we got more of us than they got more of them. The people united will never be defeated. That used to be exactly. chant used to say in uh, when we protested. Yeah. For things. So so they got to learn that their nonsense is not going to work. Once people start catching on to their nonsense, they're going to call them out, and they will exactly. defund them. Rightfully, they will defund them, and they know they have a lot to lose because families, traditional marriages, the majority, which obviously produce children the right way, like God intended will always be at the forefront and are the ones that are bankrolling all these companies. If we don't want to, we cut them. We cut them loose and let them fall right into the deep sea for good. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to do with these, a lot of these companies, leftists. I, for example, Ben Shapiro, a very prominent speaker, writer, intellectual, uh, mm-hmm. lawyer, and uh, he's on the podcast on Daily Wire, conservative, orthodox mm-hmm. Jew. He said it. When Harry razors i'm pretty sure harry's is known in canada harry's razors were beginning to drop them because they didn't like their 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 uh conservative message what did they do <laughs> they immediately started going after them they started their own brand called jeremy's razors jeremy happens to be uh one of the top ceos in that daily wire investor now i don't buy their product because it's a little bit too expensive for me i could afford it but i'm not going to do that 
So I went ahead and I bought uh, Dollar Shave Club. Do you guys have Dollar Shave Club? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So I, I went with Dollar Shave it. Club and I discovered a new brand and something that's been around for a while and I started mm -hmm. shaving with them. If Harry's is going to do that, they lost me. They lost me almost four or five months ago for, because of that nonsense. Mm -hmm. If they want to continue, I'll be more than happy to stay where I'm at. So what did the mm -hmm. Dollar Shave Club started doing? Sorry, what did Harry's Razor started doing? They started lowering their price and giving some discounts. And they're yeah. coming out now. Why? Because they felt the blow from the left, from the right wing. That they yeah. knew that you don't like our boys. You're doing business with them. And you want to control their language because you, you felt it was offensive or some bullshit that didn't meet your politically correct standard. Well, guess what? That goes out the door. And you go out the door, too. And you lose all that base. They lost me. I had... My, my niece, even though despite I had heard of Ray, Harry's razors way before her, she gave it to me for Christmas three, three mm -hmm. four years ago. Cool. So they lost a customer for three, from three, four years ago, all for their bullshit. Yep. You go woke, you go broke. You go woke, <laughs> you go broke. That's, that's, that's how we work. You want to you wanna politicize everything? You want to hurt families? You want to hurt men like me? You're not. I'll take my money somewhere else. That's how I'm going to yep. get you vote. I'm going to vote you out of power by bankrupting you. It might take some time when people catch on, but I will tell all my fellow uh, of mankind, of men only, I will tell them, and some women will tell them, don't buy that shit. I hate <laughs> to say it like that. I did the same thing with Disney. I told my nephew, because his wife used to buy the yearly pass, yeah. the expensive one, for all three of them. And I told him, don't. Cut those credit cards if you have to, but don't. And talk to her that you will not be going to, to, because they love going to Orlando, Florida, which is Walt Disney World, I go, cut that shit out. Cut the Disney Plus mm -hmm. 2, everything. ESPN, Hulu, cut everything. Send them to hell. Bide says everyone goes broke under capitalism eventually. Hey, you know, I'd rather go. I, I could understand if, you know, some systems will fail, give or take. But with them, it's not like they're the only one, like a monopoly. There's more than mm -hmm. a variety. And I found a company quickly. I necessarily didn't go with Jeremy, the one that Daily Wire said, not that I have anything personal against them. It's just simply at $60 what they wanted. I said, no, I think I could do without for a while. I'll, I'll just go with another company. And that's what I did. And I'm happy so far. You know, maybe I'll just buy one <laughs> of those electric great, though. I love them. They're Which pretty one? awesome. Dollar Shave Club, that place is, yep. that's pretty awesome. I like that's them. They even have stuff for ladies now. So. Right. They're the market. They better, they yeah. better work it. And they, they better keep their politics where it belongs in their heart and in their mind. Exactly. Because nobody it's shares so. it and nobody cares about it. And they don't want to hear that bullshit. Plain simple. Yeah. My mom told me the two things you never talk about on a date, politics and religion. I was like, I don't know, yeah. mom. What if you want somebody that, that believes the same thing you do, you might want to bring that up at some point. And she said, well, you don't do it on the first date. <laughs> That's, okay, I'm going to play I, that story. I was going to play it. Okay, here it goes. It's uh, just something I came across on YouTube that kind of made me feel different today. I was in a really... Take room. it away. Hey, take I'm it away. sad a lot of days. Can you hear that? Universities will be happy with yeah, I know. Yes, yes. Okay. Hi. This is Digital Motivation. And this is... The story of the light of the world. Once upon a time, there was a certain Brahman in Kosambi, a wrangler and well-versed in the Vedas. 
as he found no one whom he regarded as equal in debate. He used to carry a lighted torch in his hand. And when asked for the reason of this strange conduct, he replied, The world is so dark that I carry this torch to light it up as far as I can. A Samana, sitting in the marketplace, heard these words and said, My friend, if your eyes are blind to the sight of the omnipresent light of the day, do not call the world dark. Your torch adds nothing to the glory of the sun, and your intention to illumine the minds of others is as futile as it is arrogant. Whereupon the Brahman asked, Where is the sun of which you speak? And the Samana replied, The wisdom of the Tathagata is the sun of the mind. His radiancy is glorious by day and night. And he whose faith is strong will not lack light on the path to Nirvana, where he will inherit bliss everlasting. You see in life, in your life, pointing out the bad and the darkness in the world doesn't make you enlightened. It is easy to complain about the darkness, but this only means that you don't believe in the light and the wisdom of all-knowing of the universe. So it is not the world which is dark, but it is you who is blind. And never forget, if you turn away from the shadow, you will always face the light. This is there to do motivation. Okay. That was the story that kind of changed around my day. Uh, it was just a short thing, but it kind of turned around my day because I realized that a lot of times, especially, well, a lot of my life, because it hasn't been very positive, that I've focused on that. And a lot of times when you're just going to focus on the negative and focus on what's bad and wrong, you are not seeing the beauty of life and the good things, which God or whatever higher power is for each of us. I know that might be different for whoever's here, but he provides that for us. So if we're only going to focus on the dark, we're completely ignoring the beauty, which is a gift. And sometimes the beauty speaks in a small, quiet voice or shows itself in a in a little way that we seem to somehow somehow overlook, I think, a lot of times with everything that's going on in the world. We really have to focus not only on the dark, not only on what's negative, but on the positive. And for me, I have been focusing too much on the negative and it's really let me get drugged down into depression and, you know, that's no place to be. So that is, true. That, that, is, yeah. that is true. We need we need to be in the light. Yeah, and if we're focused on the dark, how can we do that? We can't, exactly, right? Exactly. We I I've had to watch, you know, because I'm I'm an ultra critic. I'm a hyper critic sometimes, and, and yeah. as, as a person that's very extremely judgmental, I had to control my mind and my heart, and I yeah. have to remember your criteria is it going to be good for somebody else. Or are you going to cut them down unneededly? 
Do yeah. you need to hear do you need to hear what you're saying? Or is it best that you stay quiet? Is it gonna be is it gonna be constructive criticism? Or is it just gonna be because you just randomly wanna say it and talk crap? So I have to I always have to also watch that on that side. Sometimes I'll be too blunt and careless mm-hmm. and won't care that I just uttered something and the reaction, mixed reaction that I get, kinda like that uh former coworker that I mentioned in the last show of Maxine. Yeah. He, used to, he got all, he got all, I, I ruffled his feather. Well, you know what? That's, I'm sorry. I'm like that. I always ruffle everybody's feathers. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I'm liked and I'm disliked. It's yeah. not my fault, you know, but I'm going to rattle your cage. And sometimes I do it on purpose and I know. And other times I don't do it on purpose because I'm just being me and I didn't watch it. And I have to remember, you know what? I'm not politically correct, but that doesn't mean I'm not polite. I'm not respectable, and I don't know how to control myself. I don't have to be politically correct. All I have to be is respectable. And and sometimes I have to ask the person, uh, uh, will you accept my criteria? Other times, I give my criteria where it wasn't warranted. And sometimes it's pleasant, and they'll want it and say, thank you. You were the only one in the room who dared say that. Other times it's, how mean? How could you find you so mean? You're so evil. And all this other hatred bullshit that I'm the hater. No, I just spoke my mind. If I could help you, I will. Sometimes I'll ask, sometimes I won't. You know? I don't like to be controlled, but I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be modest enough. I'll be meek, biblically. I'll be meek to hold the strength of the things I want to say. Other times, yeah. I'll just speak my mind, but let me be. Because if I'm willing to accept the other person and whatever they might come and throw in there. But of course, there's also those people that are very negative at the heart. And you're like, damn, everything you speak is negative. Can't you ever speak something positive? I happen to have a friend exactly like that. His name is Bayardo, unfortunately. He's from Honduras, another Central America. But what's the problem with Bayardo? The problem with Bayardo is he only sees the negative in the United States. I go, Bayardo, you got to stop that nonsense. The United States is not just negative. Why are you focusing on the negative, on the evils, on the sin? There's a lot of good stuff in the United States. I'll tell you something. If you were to go back to your home country, you're going to see, you're going to miss it so bad. You're going to say, I had it, I had it so good and I didn't know how to respect and appreciate what I had. And that's the, the truth and the wisdom that we don't know what we have until we lose it. Mm-hmm. We don't yeah. know what we have until we lose it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And there's don't people that are like that, unfortunately. Gone, right? That's, that's a song. Yeah. You know, that's how my a lot of my fellow Americans are. I hope Canadians are not like that in being in a first world country like Canada. Beautiful country, by the way. It's it, That's why I tell people, you do not appreciate till you lose your loved ones if you didn't love them. You should see, yes. Maxine, I love my mom. I might not have a girlfriend or family or wife and have to visit my mom. No, I take care of my mom. I don't know what I'm going to do. That she's at 87 when she leaves. I know what I'm, I'm going to go on with life, obviously, but it hurts me not to, not to cater, not to love her, not to caregive. Mm-hmm. I have enough and, to caregive right there. Even my nephew yeah. told me several times, if you were to settle down, you're going to make a perfect husband because you know the needs of women. In this case, it's your mom, so it's a different relationship compared to someone mm-hmm. you're married, obviously. But he goes, you, you will not because you, you do it already. You're a natural. So yeah. I, I look at all that and I tell you the same thing, Maxine. If the person that you're with does not know how to love you, you don't even mess with that person anymore. 
challenge yeah. that person that you need to see some changes in that person. Do they need to change? What's the whole point of getting back together after six months if it's going to be the same loud individual that caused you to leave? So you can leave next time more hurt, and you yeah. also have to look at your heart. Why is it that you keep going back to that kind of person? You must learn. I mean, it's either true. I'm, I'm sorry to be honest, uh, Maxine. You got to look at your heart and ask yourself, do I like to be hurt? Do I like bad company? Or do yeah. I want to change and be a Sometimes different Sometimes I just think, though, that, like, what guy is going to want somebody like me? When men want a wife, they don't want somebody that's Kind of is, it, is it, is it, is it, is it, is it mental baggage? Is it pain? Is it hurt? Is it things that you did in the past that you haven't forgiven yourself? Is it that? Well, no, I just think a guy's gonna want somebody innocent and sweet and, you know. Well, I've in, in part, in part, that is true, things. but, but you're not 15, uh, you're not I've 14, never had a good 17. life. Right, no, like you, I, I was molested when I was a very, very young. I, I, I understand. I, my, so, like, I've never had innocence, never. <laughs> but you know what's weird about that? What's weird? I don't know. I've had all this horrible shit happen to me, but I've, I've the moved on. Is, have, I've moved on. I'm still me? going, and I yeah, will exactly, exactly. Exactly. It you, you, you've learned to be a better person. You've learned from that, from good and evil, from all that. And look at where you reach. You well, I've, I've learned the power of love from not right. having it in my life. And I've learned the power of kindness by experiencing hurt. Exactly. And some people might let that harden them, but that's real sad. You don't. You don't. And that's what makes you you. You've overcome. You're a fighter. Because God gave me a heart to love with, and exactly. I'm going to love with it. <laughs> that's why exactly. I'm here. I, and you're going to forgive that. those that offend you. You're not yeah. going to walk with bitterness and hatred. You're much really? better than that. You're a well, beautiful person. We remained, you're awesome we to be around with. You, you're friendly. You're lovely. You, the people want to be around you, and well, that's how you want to present yourself. Like, if there's a God, He made us because He loved. Yeah. And if it was our parents who made us in that moment, they were showing each other love. So we were yeah. literally made out of making love to each other. So. You're going back to make love, not war kind of thing? I just... <laughs> I just that happened here in America. I'm only American. I can't give that to Canadians. That was only for Vietnam. <laughs> or what was it, the Korean War? Make love, not war. That was the, the, the protest of, yeah. the, of, the, of, the lefty, of the lefties from the... What is it called? The baby boomers <laughs> generation. Make love, not war. Yeah. No, I totally believe that people... We're meant to love each other. We are... As human beings, that's what we're supposed to do, especially those that are less fortunate and especially those that hurt us yeah. because there you got to think of it this way. If you are going down, if you were in the ocean in a boat, let's say, just floating around the ocean and then this other boat that has nobody on it, like guiding it, smashes into your boat. Okay, are you going to be mad at that empty boat with no one on it because it smashed into you? No, that there'd be no point to that, right? Because mm -hmm. there's nobody guiding that boat. 
that's how you got to see it when people hurt you. Because when people hurt you, they're not hurting you. They're hurting because of themselves lacking something or being hurt or being scarred or broken inside. It's not that they're hurting you like directly because they hate you as an individual human being. They're lacking something. They're not guided. They're only focused on whatever it is that hurt them or whatever that they're, negative. They're, they're not. They're not guided by the light. In my case, yeah. the light is Christ. That, that's exactly. The with a lot of people, they don't even know so what they're looking for. They're, they're a rudderless so boat. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're a boat with no guidance. So you can't really be angry and hate them for that because it's not their fault. So that's they're, how they're I trying feel. To, they're trying to go up the river without a paddle. Yeah, I even personally forgave the man that molested me when I was a child. I forgave the man that tried to murder me, the first love of my life. Wow. After we had our baby, he he actually went to jail because he tried to beat me to death. I he called me up eight years later, and I don't know how the hell he found me. I wasn't expecting it, but he said, you know, I'm really, really sorry. And I know it sounds ridiculous. He tried to beat me to death, but he said, I'm really sorry for what I did to, to you. I uh, did my time in jail, and I have not been able to forget about what I did. It's haunting me. I think about it day and night. And please forgive me. And I said, I already have. Don't think about it another day in your life. Just go on with your life and know that I'm okay. And that I don't. That you've been forgiven. You're forgiven. And uh, he asked me if he could see his daughter because he gave up all rights and access to his daughter in turn for less time in jail. Mm-hmm. And I agreed to that at the trial that I would, that would be okay with me. I actually said to him, are you sure this is your daughter? Like, do you really want to do that for less time in jail? But he was sure. And uh, I used that because I was very young to give her up for adoption without uh-huh. his permit. I didn't need his permission anymore. Right. And I was a pretty broken person and I knew he would have, he would have used her. Again. He told me once he would kill her to hurt me. So, I gave her up for adoption. Hmm. Yeah, I was very young. And, and you and you knew nothing of her after that, right? Oh yeah, no, I did. I gave her up to family. Oh, so, your own family? Yeah, my family. They they I, I totally completely pushed me out of their lives. Um, I wasn't allowed to see my daughter. She wasn't told very good things about me. Um, wow. Yeah, my family's a mess. My family's a bit messed up. But you know what? I forgive my mother. I forgive my family. They tossed me on the streets when I was 14 and she took my daughter. She's a narcissist. She, she really hurt me. She took all my children. She became a social worker. She beat me when I was a child, all that. But she's different now. Um, she did found she me. Ask, did she ever ask for forgiveness for doing all that stuff? Um, she does not want to admit it happened. Wow. She well not, she's a pillar of the community. Um, she, my father was there for it. They're still together and married. Um, he, he admits it, but the last time before they just found me and came back in my life, I had been home invaded and 
basically held captive for a year. I know it sounds crazy, but they turned my drunk house into a trap house. I don't know what you call them in the States, but, uh, Can you, describe you know, it? a trap house, like somewhere where drug people do drugs and sell oh, drugs. Okay. And okay. Run by gangs. Yeah. They did that to my house and I couldn't stop them and I wanted them out, but I grew up on the street, right? So yeah. uh, we go by a different set of rules. One of them being no cops ever. I didn't trust cops. I didn't like it had been so long that I do not did not trust cops. I hated them. They were the enemy. So I went to other other dealers and other gang people to try to get them to help me remove these people from my house. Mm-hmm. However, they found the people that took over my house to be more worth something than I was. So Are they, they went, they, I, I had no worth or value to them, but the people in my house did have worth and value because they could do business with them, right? Uh-huh. And I was just some girl. So they told the person and I was almost murdered. They, tricked me. I had no idea that I had been stabbed in the back. I came home. They threatened me. She beat me. And this is a girl I've known since grade one. Wow. And uh, she beat me pretty bad. And uh, then they said, okay, well, you're going to die now. We're going to hot shot you, which is giving you a fatal dose of drugs. Overdose. And, yeah. I was a drug user and I had just quit needles, but People knew that I had used them in lots, but I never used down. These people have killed people like this quite a few times. But uh, she she mixed up Ajax and fentanyl and meth and a whole bunch of stuff in this needle and she said, do you think you'll live through this if I shoot you up with it? Because if you don't, you're going to wish you died because I'm going to tie you to that bed and shoot you up every day and let guys fuck you for $5 line up of them all day, all day. And when you start sobering up, I'm going to shoot you up again. And that's going to be your life. I was fucking so scared. This is a girl I was friends with since grade one. There was no life in her eyes. of Her eyes were black. Like she had, yeah. she's a different human now, like she's possessed. And uh, I fought and fought and she had her goons with her, these two people that helped her do stuff like this. And they were fighting with me and she said, we're going to have to break her arm. And I was fighting and fighting and I realized everything slowed down. And I realized this she's doing this because she's putting on a show for these people. She is probably narcissistic, probably a psychopath. She's doing this for attention and to put on a show and to prove a point. So fighting with her physically is only going to make her fight with me physically more. What I have to do is something that she can use to keep her power or her sense of power. So I begged. I stopped fighting physically and I begged and I said, please don't do this. Remember when we used to go down your mom's stairs on our, on your mattress and she used to yell at us to stop or we'd get hurt and we just keep doing it. That was so great. Remember sleeping over at my house. If you kill me now, you're going to feel bad. Maybe not now, but later and you'll be so hurt. And I kind of played on that. Right. So she, uh, it was so surreal. She sat down like a queen. I'm bleeding from my head because of the beating and uh, she sits down and goes, I'm going to show mercy right now. And it was like, it shouldn't have even been real. I couldn't believe it. So it was crazy, man. 
but she said, okay, but you're never allowed to be alone. She called over her cousin and uh, another nephew and they had to watch, watch me and they cleaned me up because I was full of blood and she sold blow in the bar. So I always had to go with her and her goons everywhere, everywhere for like a year. And then and I how, went. How, let me let me ask you. Uh, sorry, to cut yeah. in, Maxine. How were you able to get rid of them eventually? Uh, well, uh, it was Christmas Day, and this happened four year four years ago now, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Christmas Day, and uh, she had nobody. All her goons weren't around, and she had to go to the bar because the British soldiers. It was their last day, and that's who her main clientele was. They owed her money, and she couldn't go into the bar. Because she was kicked and, out, so I had to go collect this money for her. And I had met a friend from high school. Soldiers were in Canadian soil. Oh yeah, they have a base here. I used to live on it. They train here. Oh. Yeah, they oh. train their soldiers in Canada um, to teach them probably how to do things in winter or extreme heat. Because Medicine Hat's like a desert, really cold in the winter, but like a desert in the summer. <laughs> wow. So. They come and live here while they train. But uh so I was there to collect the money. I saw an old friend. I told her what was going on. We made a plan that she was going to come home with me. And then she'd have to let me go to my friend's house. And then we were going to try to get her out somehow. My old friend stabbed me in the back. I stayed at her house and I uh partied with him for the weekend. I went home Christmas Day. No idea. I had no thought in my head that this friend would do this to me, but she stabbed me in the back. And when I got home, there were every, all of her people were there. I couldn't get out my front door because they made sure they grabbed my phone and took it away from me right away. The balcony door, all, I had no way to escape really. And she took my phone. She looked me in the eye and said, today's a special day for you. Remember what I said? Get in the shower and clean up. You want to look pretty. When they find you, so it's just psychotic. She's gonna make me shower so they could kill me after. Yeah. I don't know why the whole shower thing, but so I went and I wet my hair and I freaked out. I didn't know. I was terrified, man. I was terrified because she has these people have killed before like this, right? Right. So I came out of this, acted like I was going to my room to get change clothes in a towel. And I put on my winter jacket, some clothes, whatever I could find, my winter jacket. I looked out my three-story apartment window, and I decided the only thing I could do was climb down. Yeah. Climb down the three stories in the middle of winter on Christmas Day to uh, escape. And there was a tiny little, like, the electrical cords go through this little, like, metal pipe. So they can go up to the very top of the apartment and you can get your cable or your phone up there or whatever. So it was very thin and I thought I could hold on to that and kind of work my climb down by pushing myself off the bricks mm-hmm. and I get to the bottom. And if not, it would break and possibly go slower if I held on to it and I fall to the ground lightly. I don't know. It was my only hope though to go out this window. So I did, and I got down too far for me to reach back up to my window and pull myself up. And I realized there was ice in between the wall and 
where my handhelds would be. And it, it was sheer ice on the apartment building walls. So my feet had no traction whatsoever. And that's when I realized that <laughs> I was kind of screwed, right? Uh-huh. Like I'd made I was probably going to die. I figured and I held on and I knew that I couldn't hold on forever. My hands were cold and I was getting cold and I just, I said, God, I really got myself into, I prayed. I said, God, I'm so sorry that I have been such a failure and such a worthless human being. God, I am sorry that I am such, I'm sorry for everything, but it's Christmas day and my kids, they were only a, Four, two and one, but I just said, I'm sorry, I don't want my kids to remember me because I don't want them to wake up Christmas morning and be sad it's the day their mother died. Please forgive me. Please just let everybody forget me. Everybody that loved me, let them just forget me so they're not hurt. And I said, please don't send me to hell. (laughs) Sorry I was a drug addict. I'm sorry I did everything wrong, but please forgive me. Because I figured, and I very well should have died, because when I landed, I, well, uh, luckily I put out my arm, but it was a cement pad that I landed on with the big metal box that the electrical stuff is in. I landed on the pipes coming out of that and then the cement, and I had my arm out, so that hit first, and my arm was completely crushed. Every boat, like my bone was crushed from my wrist to my elbow wow. like my hand was bent over backwards touching my elbow oh, and then after my arm got crushed I hit with my chin onto the cement so my lower part of my face it, it has two uh, metal plates in it rebuilding it because that was also pretty much crushed and then the joints in my jaw like where the bottom lower jaw meets the top on both yeah. sides were also broken. So that had to be reattached with screws and stuff. Um, my arm from the wrist to the elbow is completely metal and screws, rebuilding it. Um, and I don't know, man. Something really weird happened because I prayed. I begged God, please don't send me to hell. Make everybody forget me because I don't deserve them loving me because this has happened and they'll be hurt. And I woke up. (laughs) Craziest shit in the world. I woke up on the ground. (laughs) I didn't remember what happened to me when I woke up. I thought. Were you in pain? No, not at first. At first, when I woke up, I didn't know what happened. And I thought to myself, I must have been really messed up and went on quite the drug binge. Because I don't even know where I fell asleep. And that's what I was thinking in my head, trying to figure out where I fell asleep, whose house or bed or where I was, you know. So I uh, I just laid there. And, you know, when you look at a negative picture, how all the white, everything white is black and everything black is white. That's how everything around me looked. The snow looked black and my blood covering the snow looked white around me. And I thought I was in a bed or somewhere. And then slowly my vision came to and I realized, holy shit, I'm I'm outside laying in the snow. And then I tried to roll over and 
I could just, I kind of looked up and I saw my curtain from my bedroom billowing out my window, like in the, in the wind. And then it kind of started coming back to me and I realized, oh my God, all I could think was, oh my God, why the fuck am I alive? That's, that was my first thought. Why am I alive? How am I living? And what happened? What happened after that? Well, uh, they had already looked out and they thought I was dead. So lots of them ran away and the ones that didn't, didn't call the police. They just tried to make up a story, you know, like what the fuck happened? Cause they knew they'd have to explain shit. And I couldn't move my legs. And the doctor said, even though my legs weren't hurt, your body will shut off certain functions that it decides you don't need to save your life. And I was pretty fucked up, so my body had to turn off my ability to walk, I guess. I didn't feel any pain, and that really confused me. I was just confused that I was even alive, though. So I realized that if I was alive, I probably had to get help. So I I couldn't move my legs, and I crawled through the snow with my one arm because my other arm's crushed, right? So I drug myself through the snow with my one arm, tried to buzz the buzzer, no one buzzed me in. And I didn't buzz the floor that I was on because I didn't want them to come finish the job. And the whole basement of our apartment building was evacuated and flooded and had been full of water for about a month. But I realized there was a little hairline fracture in the window and it gave me the idea to break out the window with my elbow And then I fell into, I threw myself into the building, into that mushy, yucky, gucky water. And it was so gross. But I pulled myself through the basement to the stairs, went up two flights of stairs to the second floor where I knew there were people. And I, they hated me there because uh, they figured it was my fault these people had taken over our building. So I knocked on the first door and the guy said, I said, please help me, please. I'm going to, I'm, I'm hurt really bad. I need help. And it's Christmas Day. And this guy says he doesn't speak English well, but they hate me. So he says, I know I have phone here. And I said, sir, I know you don't like me, but I made a mistake and you don't know, you don't know how my life's been just please help me please call me an ambulance you don't have to come out just call me an ambulance and he refused to call me an ambulance wow i was really scared because when they looked out the window again they realized i wasn't there so they come looking for me so i kept going down the hall calling for help knocking on doors nobody came to help me and then finally at the last door uh the girl answered and she would buy drugs off the people that lived in my house, but she wasn't really part of them. So I said, please help me. I'm really hurt. You've got to let me in, please. And she said, they've already called me and they told me if you called not to help you. And I am scared of, I'm scared. And I said, I know you're scared, but just help me, please. They won't hurt you. She said, what are you going to do? And I said, just please let me in. And she said, no. And I said, okay, then if you can't let me in, it's Christmas. And my kids, I want you to tell them that their mommy is really sorry that I haven't been good. And I'm, I love them because the next time you step out your front door, you're going to be stepping over my body. 
And then she just kind of, I heard the door unlock. She opened the door and she grabbed me by my arm. I didn't see my injuries yet, right? I had no pain whatsoever, which was really crazy. But she drug me in and put me on her kitchen floor. And then I said, go and lock your door and don't let anybody in here. So she went and locked her door. She came back and I was getting really hot suddenly, like super hot. And I just told her, could you take off my jacket for me? I'm getting really hot and I don't feel good. So she took off my jacket for me and my hood came down. And then I looked up at her and I said, I'm sorry, I'm probably bleeding on your floor. And she turned white. She just turned white and she started stuttering and she went, oh, 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 God. Oh, my God. What do I do? Oh, my God. Cause, and that's when I realized, oh, I must be really fucked up. Like, this girl's kind of freaking out. And then I realized she was going into shock. And I was a little mad because I was like, holy fuck, I'm the one that gets to go into shock. Not her. But I had to calm myself. And I said, look, what you're going to do is walk to your phone, pick it up, dial 911, and get an ambulance here now. Don't let anybody in unless it's the police or an ambulance, do it now. And she went, when I heard her talking on the phone to somebody, I completely went unconscious. And I remember waking up. Oh, it hurts so bad. You have no, oh my God, it hurts so fucking bad. So bad. Like every time when the police got there, they woke me up and they were asking me, and these are police that have arrested me. Right. So when they first got there, I looked at them and I went, it would be the fucking pigs. (laughs) And it was two cops that I had quite some dealings with. And they just said, they said, Crystal, man, we're not going to arrest you, but we think you might need some help. And I said, I'm not going to no hospital. (laughs) I refuse. I'm going to refuse the ambulance. And they said, well, thank God that it is not in your legal rights in this situation to do that because, and I said, I could take care of this myself. I don't know. I was like delusional. Yeah. And then, yeah. So I kept going unconscious again and they kept waking me up with their stupid questions, but I realized they were trying to save my life. Right. And uh finally I would say it hurt so bad, man. I hate to remember the pain, but I didn't feel it till that girl was freaking out. And I looked over at my arm and all it was, was like this ball of mush wow. with my hand bent backwards, touching my elbow, just black wow. and blue mush. And that's when I went unconscious because the pain hit me right then. It's wow. like seeing it or like when I knew I was finally safe. Then my body was like, okay, you don't need the pain. You can, I don't know, it just let me feel the pain finally, right? The brain is a weird thing. But then the ambulance guys woke me up. And I remember the gentleman, he said, baby, it's okay, girl. It's okay. This is going to make you feel way better. Don't scream anymore. And he put the IV of morphine in me or Demerol, or whatever it was, and then, bam, no more pain, and I asked him to marry me, and he said, unfortunately, honey, I'm I'm already married, but thank you. Uh, I'm quite flattered. 
And then uh, I went to the hospital and I was, I remember this part, like, I can't believe how happy I was considering. I was mad they wouldn't let me go out for a cigarette. And I <clears throat> called everybody I knew because I heard the doctors and the nurses saying I might not make it. And they let me keep my cell phone. So I called everybody I knew and left them like a goodbye message just in case. Yes. Told them I loved them and I kept begging somebody to come take me out for smoke. <laughs> and then, uh, I don't know, I guess I was unconscious because they couldn't stable, they had stabilized me to take me to a bone, a special hospital that can reconstruct bones and joints. Correct. To do my surgery and they couldn't take me by plane because of the, it was a bad weather. So I don't remember any of being in the hospital. I think they put me unconscious or something. Yeah. And, uh, I woke up once on the trip to the ambulance guy saying, Oh, you're back. Thank God you're back with us, honey. You don't do that again. And then I don't remember anything until I was arguing with the, uh, with the surgeon. Cause when I fell on my chin first, my, I broke a lot of my teeth. But I had fake teeth from before, too. And I was, like, arguing with him because he had to screw my partial denture into my my uh, skull, oh, right shit. into the bone in the top of my mouth. He had to screw that in so when they wired my jaw shut, it would heal properly. Correct. And I, I remember telling him, no, because my assistants won't cover fixing them, and I don't want to be ugly. I know that sounds superficial, but I'm a woman and we're crazy like that. But I, I was like, no, I can't get new teeth and I'll be ugly. Don't do that. Don't wreck them. And he yelled at me and said, how about you just shut up or I'll leave you like that? That's what the surgeon told me. And I just started crying. And then I, the nurse came in and he said, honey, you got to forgive surgeons. They don't have any bedside manner. <clears throat> they're stressed. They do this all day. He can't legally leave you like that, no matter what you say, she told me. And then uh, I remember they gave me, I remember going to sleep. She was like five, four, and then I was out. And uh, I made medical history, though, that day, because they did both reconstructive surgeries in the same surgical suite at the same time. So one team rebuilt my arm. Well, another team rebuilt my face and they were very excited about this because they saved money. Right. I guess. And they did both surgeries and it was the first time they ever did that. Wow. And uh, the other way I made kind of medical history for this surgeon was usually with my injury, they will make a slit across your throat that looks like almost from ear to ear it would have been. Yeah. It would have been a big ugly scar to put the plates in to repair my jaw. And that's how they put them in through my throat and up into my jaw. But because of what I said, I guess maybe a little bit. And because I was an unmarried woman and I was, he thought I was pretty, I guess he uh, took out all my back teeth on the bottom. So I only have a few front teeth that are real in the front. And he did the incisions inside my mouth to put in these metal plates so I wouldn't have the ugly scar. Yeah. 
And then uh, nine hours after this life-saving reconstructive surgery, I left the hospital. Yeah. You, you because, left the hospital? Yeah. Against doctor's orders, they said, stay, stay. But I was like, no, I'm leaving. I'm not staying. And you know why? Do you know why? Why? Because I was drug addict. Wow. And I needed meth and <laughs> I didn't need it physically so much as with all- I, I started doing meth because of self-medicating for my depression, right? Mm-hmm. And my trauma. It makes me numb. It makes me not feel pain. It makes me feel numb, right? So yeah. I was terrified. I didn't know what to, all I could think of was my drugs. So I left. And, and, and who took you home? My, I didn't go home. My dad picked me up and I thought they were taking me. My family was going to take care of me, but somebody had called and said they'd take care of me and my dad brought me there. Um, what my dad didn't know is he was bringing me to a known, I can't say the name, but a known place where, um, gang, gang people, um, before you go on it was a place it was a place that had raped me and taped it and shown everybody again um, what happened to those guys nothing they've never been caught for that but that's where my dad brought me they were actually almost pretty nice to me out there though they were they took care of me like they kept giving me acid though and uh it was new year's new year's eve when i got there so they'd put acid through the slits in my teeth and I didn't want to be alone because when I left the hospital, they gave me the biggest bottle of liquid morphine you have ever seen in your life. And I didn't want to be in charge of it because I didn't want an addiction and I didn't want to kill myself with it. And I knew that I would probably have if I was alone. So I had that with me and that got me through about the two weeks I was there, but I was made to have sex. And it did hurt lots. Wow. Like I fucking, it hurt, but whatever. I kind of, I'm over that. Stuff like that doesn't bother me because the life I've led, I can get over it. Several, was a year, right? Several months and stuff, right? Well, for a few weeks because I called my, my mom called me one day and I said, mom, they party every day here. And I know that if I do that, I'm not going to heal and I need to be out of here so I can heal. Otherwise, I might not be okay. And my mom, who hasn't been best to me, but whatever, she said, oh, don't be scared. Calm down. Me and your dad will come pick you up tomorrow and everything's going to be okay. So I thought that meant that my mommy and daddy were going to come take care of me, right? And I I just had these visions in my head of being reunited with my family after this horrible experience and quitting drugs and my life would be everything I ever wanted, have my family. And they did pick me up, but uh I was really confused because they didn't take me to their house. They took me home to the place where it all happened. And... uh I I didn't know what to expect, but when I walked in, I was basically robbed. They'd stolen anything and everything worth money. Even the Christmas presents I had for my kids, everything was gone except for a little furniture and the shit that didn't matter to them. 
And that was really upsetting, but whatever. My parents sat down at my kitchen table and I sat there and my mom said, so whose drugs did you fucking steal? That's what she said. And I couldn't really talk because my, my head was like five times as big. I was unrecognizable. I was a mess. And I just tried to tell her, you know, I didn't steal anybody's drugs. And she said, nobody gets hurt like this for no reason. And I couldn't really tell her what happened because of my injuries and whatever. I just started crying and I told her I didn't steal from anybody. Somebody did it because they they were not good people. And then my mom said, when are you going to quit being such an embarrassment to this family and such a worthless fuck up? Wow. And why are you like this? She tried to make me tell her why I was such a fuck up. And I said, because you abused me. The man I love, Jasmine's father, abused me. All I've known in my life is abuse and hurt and pain. And it fucked me up. And my mom wouldn't admit to any of it. So I looked at my dad, who was there too, and I said, Dad, you know it happened. Are you going to deny what happened to me too? And my dad just looked at me and said, well, get the fuck over it already and grow up. And I realized that number one, it hurt so much talk. And number two, I was just destroyed, right? I had all these visions of love and support and my parents just left me there. And my dad came back up with this winter jacket. It had a rip in it even, but they said, here, this is your Christmas present. We forgot to give it to you. And then he left again. So I, uh, he left and I locked the door and I realized they had a key and I was terrified. So I tore apart my couch. This sounds crazy, but I did. I tore apart my couch to get the wood out of it. I barricaded all the windows and all the doors. Because I was terrified, man, that they'd come back and kill me. And I couldn't even open the insure myself because my arm was useless. I had one hand. I couldn't bathe myself. Nothing. So, like, it, it was hard and I was terrified. And then uh, I let somebody come to try to help me. And instead of help me, when they got in, they robbed me. And there was nothing I could do. I was helpless. They stole the morphine I had for pain, but I wasn't really using it because I was scared to get addicted. I had enough addiction. I knew that. So I was grinding up ibuprofen and mixing it with my shakes. But they took that. They stole my money and they just I had nobody again. And then one day this hooker called me up that I knew. Uh And she said, hey, I heard you got really hurt. Word on the street is like, you, you should be dead. And I couldn't talk, but I said, mm hmm. And she said, are you scared? And I said, mm hmm. And she said, nobody's ever going to hurt you again. And then she came over, she cleaned my house, she took care of me. Nobody did hurt me. She was fucking vicious. If anybody even looked like they were going to hurt me, that crazy hooker would have killed them. But uh she even did the minor surgery to get all the hardware out of my mouth because I threw up one day, so I had to cut out my jaw wiring. Uh-huh. And none of the doctors would do it because doctors won't touch another doctor's work. So she did the minor surgery to take it all out because it was hurting me. 
And uh, yeah, she took care of me. And I haven't been back to a doctor since that accident, which is probably not good. How long was your recovery before they opened your wires from your mouth? Uh, I was only a month and a half in when I took it out myself because I was gonna, I was throwing up, and uh, if I didn't get it undone, I would have choked on my own vomit, right? So I'd cut it out, and then they wouldn't rewire my jaw shut. The surgeon that did the work was away on holidays for a few months, so. Nobody would help me. The only person that did was a dentist that helped me take out just the wires. And he told me never tell anybody about this because I could lose my license. Uh huh. So, yeah. Hello. I'm here. No, I'm doing my podcast. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, that was Christmas four years ago for me. Wow. But hey, I like to think about it this way. It wasn't really bad experience because, like, I shouldn't have lived, right? So it was actually it would, it could have been worse. You would have been dead. I I should have been dead. I should have been dead. Yeah. Hello. I'm still here. My my question my question very very interesting. I was just listening through what you're saying. I I'm still wondering. I know what happened. Oh, Jeff, say hi. What Uh, happened to? Hello. My boyfriend just walked in here. His name's Jeff. What what happened to those bad people? Um, the police never came and asked me about it ever. And she has never been in trouble for anything she's done because the police just seem to overlook anything she does. Isn't that wow. strange? The medicine well, house resource is very they're, corrupt. They're, they're, involved they're, involved in, they're involved in their corruption. Yes, she's important to them for some reason, so because she doesn't get in trouble often. The drug, the drug scene that they're banking on it. Mhm. Mhm. What happened to those? They never even came to ask me about it. Never. Did they they let her rob me. Did when I before I left in the ambulance, I told them, "Those people in my house, get them out. They aren't welcome there. I don't want them there." But I didn't tell them what happened to me, but they questioned me when I was in extreme pain and then on morphine. They should have come and talked to me again, but they never did. And one of the problems of getting over all that is that nobody ever paid for what happened to me. And I think they should have. So and, and sometimes those I, are they are still running around? Oh yeah, they are. Yep. Yeah, they are. Totally. All of them. One one young man that was there, he was very young. He was like, I think, 16 and her nephew. He went to school with my daughter. He came with another boy one day and said, I'm so sorry. I was I'm I didn't know what to do. I was scared and I didn't know what to do. Please forgive me. And I just told the kid, you are a little kid. Don't let the actions of adults make you feel bad. I understand that you were scared and you didn't know what to do. And I don't want you to do anything because it could get you hurt. So, yeah. And then that kid went and got clean and sober. And he still is today. Went back to school. And so that's cool. But, yeah, he's the only one that 
ever apologized. And my recollection of exactly who was there isn't really great, but I know who did it to me and I know enough, but when they, I know I they, so they want to go tell the police. I don't think there's any statute of limitations on that. Maxine, they left on their own, correct? Yeah, they robbed me and they all took off out of my house because they didn't think I was going to live. And did they take a lot of stuff, like furniture? Oh, everything, everything. They left a little bit of furniture that wasn't worth anything and some of my clothes that weren't worth anything. But, yeah, didn't leave me much. And because of what happened, I got kicked out of there shortly after. Oh, it was just a rental? Yeah. Yeah. Um. And I got kicked out for causing a scene. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they all thought I tried. Well, the police know something went down, right? They they know. But the general population thought I tried to kill myself. The thing was, anybody who asked me, I told them what happened. And she got mad and set me up. And somebody told me they were taking me on a date, this guy. And he set me up, so she cornered me in a bedroom and just punched me in the face and said, what happened that day? And I kept telling the truth. She wanted me to say I jumped, but I wouldn't say it. I kept telling the truth, and she kept punching me in the face over and over, and then I started bleeding, and I was wearing the guy's jacket who had set me up. And uh, the guy was like, she's bleeding on my jacket. That's some name brand. And she said, you're disgusting. Take off that jacket. Go clean yourself up in my bathroom and come back here. Do you think I did that? Hells no. I ran right out her front door, hid under a tree, and when a taxi cab came by, I jumped in front of it, told him I was beat up by my boyfriend and wanted to go home but didn't have any money. So the cab driver took me home. Wow. And I, uh, yeah, that was my first date, but I don't think it really counts as a date because it was really a setup. But. Yeah, nobody ever, nothing ever came of it, really. I thought, like, old school values, all my people I rolled with would at least stop doing business with her, but nobody really seemed to care. And that's when I realized that people I thought were my friends weren't really my friends, and the whole lifestyle I was raised in, street values and blah, 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 and old school didn't really exist. It was all a bunch of bullshit. Um. Yeah. Can I chime in, Maxine? Yep. Oh, of course. Honestly, I've, I've heard stories like yours from people that have walked very similar lives like you. I do not know that life. I've never been in that. Even when I was a little bit in the streets with friends growing mm -hmm. up, I was never a bad child mm -hmm. or anything like that. But all I'm going to tell you from my heart, Maxine, is you got to get your life ready with the Lord. If there's a reason yeah. why you're living, only he could tell you, and that is to serve a greater purpose. But you need to do a lot of healing. Yeah. A lot of continue forgiving and really forgive from the heart those that have offended you, hurt you. I'm not here to judge your life. That's not my job. God does that, and he does that much different than I do. Uh, just really open up. Cry out to God, honestly. Start reading the Bible. Your life, yeah. your body's gonna tell you, your mind's gonna constantly fight you, say no, but you gotta fight back. That's the evil dark side. Actually, after that, I ended up, uh, putting myself in jail because I had charges and I wanted to get clean and the 
all the like all the so, places so, so, so you, did, you, did so. Way, you did a good step you forced yourself to clean up yeah you, i did all the things I you went into treatment for three months and i thought i might be dead in three months so i told my lawyer i want to go to jail today i don't want to walk out of here free i took a plea and did seven months for uh breaches actually the charge they first charged me with i got off of but i still had to serve time for the breaches and uh after that, I went to a sober living house that was run by a church, yeah. and I went to pass. I went to school to become a pastor. I like threw myself into the church life for like four years. I did that. But, but, but you've left, right? Yeah, I got kicked out because I broke the rules. We weren't allowed to go near anybody during the COVID thing, and when I was on a train. There was somebody that overdosed. I gave him CPR. I yelled until I got Narcan. I Narcaned him, but they told me I'd sign a piece of paper that said I'd never try to save anybody's life again. And I know I probably should have just signed it because I, whatever, right? But I told them, no, I will not sign that. Whose rules am I following here? Yours or God's? Because God, Jesus touched lepers. And if anybody's dying in front of me, I don't care about COVID. I'm going to try to save their life. And they said, well, we can't have you, we can't have you here, then you have to leave. Those are so usually I'm, the rules of the, that in, that, uh, program. Yeah. Uh, run by the church or something. That's on them. Yeah. Um, well, I did break the rules though. So I understand that they had to do what they yeah, had to do. You forgive people, you teach them. Yeah. You move on. You just, you're, you're, you're not supposed to cut, be so cutthroat. Yeah. You don't never supposed to be cutthroat. If people don't want to be there, they don't want to be there. I understand. They walk away under, you know, yeah. because they don't want to follow the rules. That, that's them. But you just don't kick someone out for being a good Samaritan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. So don't overlook people like that at times. They have even rules that they don't even know what they live by. They're not biblical rules necessarily. They're just, uh, when they get protocol, so they call it protocol. Yeah, we all have to have some kind of um, some rule system to keep order and shit. But sometimes uh, they act too much like a dictator, like a judge, and, mm -hmm. and they have no mercy, and they don't even know what they follow. Sometimes uh, they they well, I think they, they were coming from a place that I was putting all the other girls at risk of getting COVID because you so were investigating. Yeah, so they had to keep the other girls safe. And actually, I did more than that because I was making Bannock and going into the street and praying for the homeless and every day talking to them, reading. I even read the Bible to people, and I wouldn't stop doing that either. So, you know. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of times you have to start solo, but you got to start. I mean, you already know about the Bible. You already know. Things regarding the 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 faith, and you got to continue mm -hmm. and start seeking the Lord, start reading the Bible, start living it, and in, in, you know applying applying Scripture on your on your life, looking at all the examples, yeah. good and the bad, and, and from the light of the Word of God, and don't be like them, you know. Because yeah. I know sometimes they try to do good. I'm not going to defend them, but in their own rules, they 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 hurt more. Because yeah, they, their own they rules and their own fear, their own fear. Because when I spoke, I spoke to a church full of like 500 people and 
I had this whole thing prepared that I was going to do. And I totally, when I would speak to people, I would sometimes just get a different idea about what I was supposed to speak about. So I'd speak about whatever my heart told me to. And I told them all, because they shot off glitter cannons. Okay, imagine this. They were a rich church. They shot off these cannons full of glitter and stuff and had all these special effects in church. And I told them, you know what, you guys, you are all sitting here in this church with all your fancy schmancy stuff. And you all know about God. You know the message. Why are you sitting here? Do you think God would want you sitting here sharing this message with each other who already knows it around all these high tech gadgets? No, he would want you in the gutter with the people that don't know the message yet beside the addicts and the homeless. He would want you there where Jesus was, whose best friends were whores and thieves. He died between two thieves and sent them to heaven before him. God wouldn't want you here. He'd want you out there. And that's where you should be. So shame on you all for saying that you're going to heaven before these people when you're not even sharing the Lord's message with them, which is the whole reason that you're a Christian. That's what your purpose is. So (laughs) I was a little controversial when I spoke, but I tell you the tears in that crowd. What is, can I ask you, what was the name of that church? Victory. Victory. I think it was, uh, Evangelical, I think. Is it up there? In, it's in Canada, right? And it might have been Pentecostal too, actually. Wow. But they See, were. We have, we have something called a, a fake version of Pentecostalism called prosperity preaching. Mm-hmm. It's the faith-based uh, churches. Is the uh, easy believism. It's it's the uh, it's it's the one that they all they preach about is prosperity, prosperity, false gospel. So all of them are in their pews, sitting down in the benches, listening to a, a, a nice a nice sermon that's mm-hmm. non-offensive, that's politically correct, that's woke, and and doesn't really cut to the heart. They don't like people. They don't invite people again that really cut them to the heart with the truth. Oh yeah, no, they're 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 afraid of that. I think because I got like to them. I got quite a few people that day. They don't want Definitely. their their cages to be rattled. Yeah. yeah, that's that's why they want to be left alone in their comfort zone, doing their own churchy thing, thinking they're right with God, but they're more bound to hell than anybody else. You know what, though? A few of those people from that church afterwards, um, it was a while later, they found me and they said, thank you. I really needed to hear that. And a few of them actually started serving soup outside of the homeless shelter in Calgary on the weekends and talking to homeless people. Uh, one that was a hairdresser started cutting their hair for free. So, you know, even if just a few handful of people listened, maybe that's why something in my heart said I had to say that that day, right? Because that's how God works. Exactly. He has a habit of taking a nobody and suddenly turning them into somebody without anybody's permission, even if it's just for a moment. You know? Yeah. I should wrap this up, though, guys. Yeah. 
It's been two hours. Thank you, Vladi. Thank you, Vladi, for coming. I gotta go. I know it must be late up there in Canada. What time is it right now over there? It is 11.21 p.m. Okay, it's only an hour away. Okay. I'll let yeah. you go. We'll talk some more in the future. But thank yes, you for I hope so. Just consider what I told you. Look for a good church and get your life back together with the Lord. That's the best thing you could do. And he'll guide I will, you. I will consider that. It's right. probably what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And and you got nothing to be mad at to God. You have to be mad at you, yourself, the life decisions. And only you can make the right decisions in him. And you need a, you have, yeah. you know, whatever age you are, Maxine, you have a whole life to live for the Lord. You know the word. You don't want to fall in judgment, like it says in Hebrews 9.23. I think it is. There's, a, you know, there's an appointed time for man, then death, and eventually judgment. You mm-hmm. want to fall. You want to make sure you're right with the Lord. Doesn't matter whether you're poor or rich or in the middle, that you're right with the Lord in everything you did, because everything will be placed before Him. And the mm-hmm. people that are evil, I, I don't know how the most hor- horrendous, horrible people that ever lived in life, whether Attila the Hun or Hitler or Stalin mm-hmm. or any evil, you know, overlord, empire, Roman, Greek, or any any mm-hmm. of the biblical figures, any of the pharaohs, how, how will they ever do it to be stand before the Lord? I could, I could think well, about it's sad for them, really, because they got it all wrong. They think, uh, being rich is money when really has nothing to do with money. I could think of all the, the, the Jew, the Jewish that, that are going to be going to hell that Jesus Christ had to confront because they didn't get their life together with him. And they, they were for his death. They were pushing towards his, towards his death and they, they were looking for an earthly king. And little, little, little did they want to recognize that one day they're going to be before the king that they, that they had crucified. Because also that's what, that's like Jesus said, that's what they were exactly like their fathers yeah. who persecuted the prophets. So you want to be right with God. Doesn't matter yeah. where you're at right now. See, that's what people think. They just think they have more time, more time, but really you never know when your time is going to end. Yeah. And, Today, and tomorrow. Those that are going to be walking with you. Uh, friends, loved ones, that's how you have to measure them. And, and the more mm-hmm. you're in the world, the more, you know, you, you reflect what is, what is, what you're looking at. And this is the, the glory of the Lord, the glory of Jesus Christ. And that's what you want in you through a life that born again, you already said you know Jesus. So I'm assuming you're born again baptized, looking at God and not, you know, walking away or, or, or going back and forth, but walking straight the narrow road. And those who will walk with you, loved ones, lover, children, father, mother, friends, if they don't walk with you in that light, that they're not your real family. Mm-hmm. Remember yeah. what Jesus said when they told them, when they told them, uh, what about your, your mother, your, your brothers? And he told them, who are my mother, and my brothers? Those who do the will of God. That is your mother and your brother. You know what's awesome? Matter, my them. kids, my Go kids, ahead. they've decided they love God on, all on their own. Remember the story? fell and everything it was christmas day my daughter told me this years later when i met her when she was 18 she said you know what crystal on that day that that happened nobody knew what happened to you but we were all sitting down to christmas brunch and my son who was then three stopped everybody from what they were doing setting out the food and he said mommy is hurt really, really bad, and she might not make it. We all have to pray for her right now. 
And he made the entire family who had no idea what happened to me at this point pray for me because, yeah. And like he was three, right? So this is a, I was, I cried when I heard this. I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, nobody knew why he said that until they got the call later from the hospital, right? But he would have said that and I would have been laying unconscious in the snow at that point when my son said that. And then they got the call a couple, a few hours later that I might not make it. And they were all like, wow. So my mom started taking them to church. And now my son is 13 or he'll be, yeah, he'll be 13 in February, but uh, he is a youth counselor at the church camp and he's a junior uh, in the church. He's a junior Bibles. He helps kids with the Bible and stuff. And okay. my kids are all three very, very into their church. Any particular denomination? Um, they go to a place called Hillcrest, and I'm not sure the domina- the denomination, but my son wants to ter- he wants to maybe be a preacher one day. My oldest. Yeah, that's good. That's, you see, those things are good, and sometimes a preacher and a scientist, <laughs> which is funny, but. Yeah. So anyway, I, I'm going to make this short because I know you got to go and slate and I yeah. got to do other things, but just continue, continue to seek the Lord. And hopefully if I see you in the call in, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll seek you, you know, maybe talk to you. Unless yeah, I'm doing I'd like that. That I, that I'm not <laughs> able to, I, I miss kind of like uh, several, almost two weeks with a lot of the programs. I guess I was working basically nine in the morning here in California, Pacific Standard Time, all the way to almost nine o'clock, seven yeah. or eight o'clock. And by the time I got home and, you know, you got to go to the store, you got to drop off my yeah. sister, take care of my mom and come back and we actually have some free time. It was almost 11, 12 o'clock at night. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, you wake up early and, you know, you're caregiving for the first few hours before I leave at nine o'clock, you know, eight o'clock to go in at nine or yeah. I go in at 11 o'clock for an eight hour shift, whatever, uh, because they cut our hours temporarily. Um, but we, we had, we had the last few days where it was heavily, heavy in the, in the elections. And you know, it's actually better that all these things happen. Uh, we, everything is more, we don't, we, we don't do digital electronic voting. We still have paper cast voting here in California, yeah. but we use technology to make that happen. We're still paper cast valid, like the constitution yeah. says. Uh, so it, there's no electronic rigging or it's almost impossible to rig it or, or, or try to hack it and, and commit yeah. that kind of fraud. The mail-in vote, that's a different matter. And I don't mean absentee. I mean the actual mail-in. That's what the controversial vote, what got uh, Trump kicked out of power, unfortunately. Uh, he was a good president, at least better than this dumb nut in the White House right now. <laughs> yeah. the, the whole thing is we have something worse than you guys. Trudeau, at least, is in his five senses. That he's a sissy about things and a globalist, that's something he's going to have to answer to God. But this guy is really bad. He's been in politics uh, all his life, and he he wasn't. He doesn't hold the true record. I don't even know how he's going to do it as a Roman Catholic, to be honest. Uh, to be to because he has a pretty questionable record, morally wise, and he's a big liar. So typical politician. Yeah. You know, like I said, it's appointed to man for man to die once and then judgment. So he will stand before the living God, and most likely by the things he utters and the life he lives, he will not be in heaven. But I'm not here to judge his heart. I can't. Only God could can do it. So God forgive him. But for you, Maxine, you have a whole life 
Do good for the Lord. We're living in end time. That's the best thing you could do. If I met you just to tell you that, then I serve one purpose out of many that the Lord has. So take that to heart and serious and get your act and life together with the Lord. Well, you know what? I do think that I would not be alive if it wasn't for some kind of intervention, obviously. So, so. so you could next time that I hear in the future, you could have a beautiful testimony and things that the Lord that the Lord has done. And along the way, you're going to meet horrible Christians. I'll tell you that. I've met many. That's what the Bible tells us, that there's the sheep and the, and, and the goat. The goat is the one that goes to hell. The, the sheep are the, are the sheep of the Lord. They seem to be the same. They're not the same. The sheep are, that's, that's the reason they call them black sheep is really goats. Those are the uh-huh. bad that were never really Christian. And those are the ones that give a hard time in churches. And I've seen it because I used to talk to pastors and they used to tell me yeah. about some of the beautiful families that were giving them headaches. Because of their carnal, they were not converted. They were immature, or they had a very bad spiritual upbringing, spiritual habit. Well, yeah, I, some I people just I think all they have to do is go to church, and they're good. So, you think, so focus on 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 the good. God will take care of the bad, and those are the ones that go in and out of church and have horrible stories, destroyed families, being at the same time. Coming in like 20 years before, 30 years before, and what do they have to show? Nothing other than that they're bad, horrible Christians. So those are the ones you have to look out for. Pray mm-hmm. over and let the Lord weed them out. Some do not end in a, in uh, old age. They end prematurely, premature deaths. And I don't mean drug mm-hmm. addiction. I mean, some usually they end up in some kind of accident, heart, stroke. Um, mm-hmm. They fall in the ice. Their car rolled over coming down the hill, whatever the king. And the weirdest of things. And it wasn't that the government was coming after them. It means that the Lord just wanted to get rid of them already. He had already mm-hmm. set a appointment of time for those people. And when he sees them do so much evil, he takes them out of the Whether they're saved or not is a completely different matter. That there's bad, there's good. I do believe that if you're a Christian, you're going to be good. If you struggled in life, like you mentioned your life, you're you're, you're going to grow. It's going to be hard, but you're going to help people that are in similar, if not worse situation, or very similar, if not the same situations. Even though they say there's never two, two of the same, but drug, drug addicts, you'll, you get to meet and people like that. So I'm also could do. Yeah. And then I got the street cred, right? So maybe they'll listen to me a little more. That's why I wanted to become an addiction. No, you that, that, that's what matters. It doesn't always mean you have to be there because there's other, uh, filthy streets with bums and derelicts and druggies. Not only in, in, in Calgary. You said you were in Calgary, Alberta, correct? It, what about mm-hmm. Ottawa? What about Victoria? What about, you know, the many Oh, I lived in Victoria for years and years. So I hitchhiked you, my whole young life. You're, you're yeah. going to eventually, you're, you're going to eventually see where God places you because like Jesus, you know, the prophet was rejected in his own town, like it says. And it is true. Sometimes you're rejecting your town. You have to go out of your own town. Even God might even use you if you're prepared to go out of the country. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I'll promise you this, Gladi. I will look around for churches in this new place I moved. That's what I'll promise you so you, far. I'll look you, around you, at new churches and I'll let my heart guide you. He will guide you to the right church. Believe me, during yeah. the rapture, and I know you believe in this, you're going to be surprised. Mm-hmm. 80 to 90% of the people are going to be left behind. And I tell you that not because mm-hmm. God showed it to me, but he showed it to a brother. 
a Spanish speaking. Yeah, well, I think I'm going to be left behind no, no, you know because I you know, know that what? some you people have, more, have to be left behind. Like, you have more light than most of the people that you spoke to, the 500 in that church. But who's going to be a warrior for God and save as many souls as they can in let's, the end times? Who better God, to do that God, than somebody like me? Worry about that. A lot of these dumb nuts are going to wake up when it's too late. They're going to be, they were yeah. truly saved. Even if they accept it there, because you have to understand, there's people in the church that never accept it and believe just because of their little pathetic little attendance here and there showing up, that meant something. God doesn't work like that. There's some of them that came out of pastoral homes, homes in good condition, with good incomes and good pastors, well-trained. Mm-hmm. Some of the safest homes, they weren't dysfunctional necessarily, but the children, four out of five, four out of the five, there's always maybe I'm just going to put four in this case, two or one that doesn't want nothing to do with God, or maybe one that is real and the other three go to hell because they want to be so liberal, yeah. so free when they go to university and they want to do totally the opposite. It's very similar to the examples in the Bible when God used to spoke to his people through Moses and he used to spoke, speak to them, whether he was right there in his presence or the Shekinah glory of God. And he used to tell them, don't do this. Don't do this. Let's say 20 things. Don't do. They immediately said, okay, we won't. We promise not to do it. Turn around and go do it. Do it. So the real Christian will heed the word and say, no, I'm not going to do it. The bad Christian will say, ah, screw God. I still want to have the sex. I still want to slam those two girls over there. When God's telling you, don't go and, 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 and make unpure those women. Don't defile. And what do they do? Knock them up, leave them pregnant. And then the story. And the sin uh, reproduces because you know, with the, like it says in Romans six, out of the the sin it conceives, it, it, it becomes sin, right? That's from temptation. Conceives, mm-hmm. it becomes sin, um, and that it takes off in many matters. And that's why we have the 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 world that we have, unfortunately, as a first world. Sin is still abounding, but the grace of God is even abounding even more. So we have people that are damaging. You you you're you're a vessel of light in in the Lord's eye. If you were really to give yourself over to the Lord, stop titter-tottering back and forth, whether yes or no or whatever, or you're too busy in your life, too busy with your children, too busy, whatever, and you think that there's no time for the Lord. If you seek the Lord, like it says in Matthew 6.33, very clear, the sixth perfect kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added. He's the one that opens the door. He's the one that provides. He's the one that, but many people cannot see it because they're not willing to challenge. I even have a hard time with that because when I actually do see the Lord. I think I'm just a brat. I am just a brat. I'm angry and you know what? I got to get over it. I'm being a brat, like a bratty child. But that's what it is. And I, I have no reason. There's a a lot of things you need healing. You have to come to him. It's not just about being a brat or being a bad child or being a bad girl. No, bring all that to the Lord. The Lord's not. Mm -hmm. He said, did he say no to Mary Magdalene, one of the first Christians? No. There was no like Mary Magdalene. There was a woman at the well, the Seraphidician woman. Did he say no? She must have been one one of the hottest looking women, and she had five men. She, she must have been a man eater. She she carried all those five bastards before her, and they were married. And the last one that was consuming her was unmarried to her, but she was honest enough to yeah. recognize her sin when God spoke to her, and He spoke to her with love and showed her that the water that she was drinking, that God is 
ultimate water, true spiritual water, you will not thirst like that water that you have to survive on. Because why? Because she had a sexual addiction. So God is a, 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 a great, not only creator and God and master and teacher and physician of the sick. He knows why, why people are in addiction because they need him. There's a void called homo religioso, not to be confused with homosexual or anything like that. Same principle, <laughs> the same. We all have the same void in our heart. Has nothing again, nothing to do with the homosexual lifestyle. Homo religioso, meaning we all have the same void in our heart, and we need the living God. That's the only one that could that could fill it. Nothing else, no one else. No amount of drug, no amount of pornography, fornication, all sorts of sexual vices. That I'm pan, that I'm trans, that I'm homo, that I'm lesbian. None of that trash yeah. will, will 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 do it. You'll go to hell with all those vices. Even if you have to struggle to, like it says that parts of the Bible uh, in the New Testament, it says you have not struggled unto blood in regards to your salvation. You have not struggled. I mean, most of us haven't even struggled. I can't even put myself there. Yeah. And I have my battles that I have to constantly bring before God. And a lot of times I don't. I have to fight them. I have, you know, desires I have that, I have, that are usually worldly. I have to new music that I listen to or people that I look at. Again. I have to look at myself as God sees me and, and I don't know, I'm not always willing or wanting to, and I have to force myself. Why? Because the truth is I'm a sinful man. So the more you give yourself over to the Lord in prayer for not five minutes, not 10 minutes, hours, start with 10 minutes, go to 20 and, and elevate your, your, your time with the Lord. Ask for the giftings of the Holy Spirit. I've spoken of it. First Corinthians 12, 14. Uh, chapter 12 and mm-hmm. verse 14. Read them all. Read them about love. Ask God over your, your loved one. Remember what we talked about earlier and over your children, loved ones, children, mm-hmm. family. And God deal with all of them because they all have to be set free from, from their mm-hmm. hedonism, from their hell bound lifestyle. They think they're right. They yeah. think they're right. They have their own standards. When are you going to be like so and so, Maxine? When are you going to grow up? When are you going to? That's not, that's not. <laughs> that's just critical. That's a critical heart. Why don't you get over it? Do you ever get over when somebody dies? No, you have to cope with it. Right. You don't tell them like in the hospital, kind of like the nurse that tell you, uh, pardon the surgeon, his bedside manners. The problem with a lot of those dumb nuts is they all suffer from the same thing. Cold, apathetic heart. Apathy. Mm-hmm. Indifference. Apathy. All of humanity in many ways. I love to see one worldly person very loving and caring and, and, and cares for the old, cares for the sick, cares for the derelict, the outcast or the druggie who's willing to help and, and give his life. Rare to see. They, they are. They, I've seen them, but they're rare. And even they who are like that, they have a very loving heart. When you ask them to come to the cross, do you think they obey? You would assume they would come to the cross quickly, running, willing, knowing that we're going to work. Yeah. It's kind of like that guy that called the radio station one time, and he was complaining to the to the minister that was on the podcast radio, and he kept on telling them about all these problems that normally Christians take care of, or they used to in the past, as missionaries, doctors, you know, overseas, you know, basically basically giving up their life mm-hmm. to go work overseas and with fulfilling their careers, ministry call, and all that. And the atheist kept on on bashing this guy, and finally the guy got mad and told him, "Okay, then why don't you repent?" Come to the cross, accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and start working as a missionary. And the guy shut the hell up, uh-huh. finally. He shut up. 
You see, you see, when you put people to the test, they are complaining, they're whining. And believe me, I come from the country, Maxine, I don't know about Canada, but from Peterson and from other people I've heard yeah. that it's probably worse than it's liberalism, left-wing progressivism. I come from the country where left-wing progressivism began. It's Marxist, it's School of Frankfurt, mm -hmm. the, the ones that, that started CRT, critical race, and all that. And it, I hate to see it in youngsters. I call it out when I could. I hate to see it. I hate to see snowflakey beta male men. Instead of men with grown webbles, like they say, cojones in Spanish, you know, men that, that would take. I, I gotta go. I'm sorry, I gotta go. Okay. I gotta go. I've made supper. Take care. Okay. Bye -bye.